Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. We are in a sermon series on relationships. Do you know who your friends are, who your closest co-workers, the people you spend time with, make great impacts in your life? Not only that, do you know there's something called a social media algorithm? If you ever go on social media, I know those are online right now or on social media, but for example, let's just say I decided to start looking at pictures and videos of Louisville basketball, what would inspire me to do that. So I go on Facebook and I start click type in Louisville basketball. I start looking and watching some videos. And then on Monday, when Louisville actually plays, I, um, I think they play Monday, it might be today, but whenever they play again, I log back on the next day and I start seeing ads for like Louisville basketball. I think, I'm not following this, like why am I seeing this stuff? And then two days later, I'm looking at, the coach has a, you know, he'll start putting out his stuff. And st- I, stuff I didn't even want to see because they're tracking my search history and the algorithm shows what I've been viewing. All of a sudden, I'm start, that starts popping up in your news feed. And it happens for you as well. And I share this because we need to be aware that what we watch, what we listen to, Who our friends and acquaintances are, they influence us greatly. And if we aren't careful, we will find ourselves, our relationships will be shaped by other people. And we'll be influenced by them. Many times it's been said, if you want to know uh, what type of person you're going to become, you just look at your four or five closest friends. You look at the people you spend time with. Their attitude will be your attitude. What their activities are will become your activities. You can look at who your inner circle and how you devote your time, and that's you. So if you want to upgrade your life, in many ways you have to kind of upgrade your friends, who you're hanging around. If you look around and say, these folks are kind of... uh, you know, I just don't know about David Deller. I want to upgrade there. You just, you, 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 you look at new circle of friends. That's important to us because the Bible speaks truth about our acquaintances and our relationships. By having the wrong relationships in your and my life, that will actually greatly impact our relationship with God. And we need wisdom when we choose our friends, our relationships, and our relatives. Because it also affects our relationships with God. About, oh, eight or nine years ago, Sherry, if you remember, there's a lady I knew. I'm not going to say her name. And I made a statement one time, and she, I don't want to say she got offended. But she came up to me after church and kind of disagreed with me. And I made the statement. I wrote it down here. It says, if you meet your spouse in a bar you'll lose your spouse in a bar. Now, if you met your spouse in a bar, I'm not here picking on you, but the principle is this. 
if you go to hang out and be around, and the reason she was upset is she was her husband, and they met in a bar. But she said she was delivered out of that lifestyle. She doesn't go to those bars anymore, and she hasn't lost her husband yet in a bar. But she said, Daniel, I don't agree with that statement because I met my husband in a bar. So um, now they're in church. But for the most part, if that's where you're shopping, if that's where you're getting your dating connections, if that's where your circle of friends are, many ways down the road, might be a few months, a few years later, you also lose your spouse to those same type people. The problems just don't go away like that. And there's truth in little sayings such as that. And I think we need to be aware. We always need to be examining who is speaking truth. Who are my ears listening to? What are my eyes watching? When I pick up that phone and I'm looking at the news and scrolling, is what I'm consuming, is this stuff godly? The TV shows, the attention I'm giving to the television, is this what I need to be watching with my eyes and listening with my ears? When I hear something, do I believe it? Is it fake news? Is it gossip? Is it a reliable source? Does this person have any idea what they're even talking about? We as believers need to have a filter. Our filter needs to be a biblical filter on everything that comes into our body. Because if we don't, we will be just like the wind swaying from place to place. You hear this, you hear that. And we need to have the gift of discernment to know this is true, this is holy, this is right. There are many people that you and I do not need to have close friendships with. They're the wrong friendships. They're relationships that will pull you away from God, that will destroy your marriage, that will destroy your family. There are people in our lives that we need to cut off from our lives. Not because we're going to be rude to them, but because they will have a negative influence on our relationship with the Lord. And I think in this whole Rebuild series, this is so important. Because this, who your relationships are, and your friendships, and your inner circle, guys, that defines you. That's who you are as a person. So we're going to read some scriptures here, and we're going to see about the importance of choosing your influences carefully. Turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 20. Then we'll flip over and look at 1 Kings chapter 11. Solomon is writing this. Now we're going to go back and look later on at how Solomon ended his life. Solomon had a sad story in the Bible. Solomon was the king of Israel. He was David's son. He was the wealthiest man and the wisest man on earth. But just because you have wisdom does not mean you always make the right choices. You, many times we even know the right thing to do and we still don't do it. Wisdom still needs action to actually do what is what the wise thing to do. Now look what, this, look what Solomon said here. Verse 20, Proverbs 5.20, it says, Why, my son, would you lose yourself with a forbidden 
woman. A forbidden woman is who Solomon did lose himself with. And we're going to see in 1 Kings 11 who these forbidden women were. But he's basically lived a whole life and he's realizing, I, I, got, I got burned in my relationships, in my, mar- in my many marriages he had. He had 700 wives and they did not love the Lord, the women. Or embrace a wayward woman. For a man's ways are before the Lord's eyes, and he considers all his paths. A wicked man's iniquities, that's sin, a wicked man's sin will trap him. He will become tangled in the ropes of his own sin. That's what the wrong relationships do. It's like a rope, and it's wrapping around you, and you can't get out. And you say, what, what a mess. Why did I get to know this person? Why am I talking to this guy or this gal? He will die because there is no discipline. An undisciplined life. If you, you might be really disciplined in your day. You get up at a certain time. You do certain things each day. You go to bed on time. But if you are not disciplined in your relationships, you will find yourself just being tied up as a rope. It's a trap. And this is why, parents and grandparents, you need to shape your children's friends. I want you all to know something. If you have kids and their friends are using drugs, do you know what will happen? Those friends one day will be offering your children drugs. If you have friends, if you're, you have children, and they're drinking alcohol illegally and then driving... Your child will be doing the same. They'll be riding in the car. That Your friends, your children's friends, will influence either positively or negatively your children and your grandchildren. This is why you want your children and grandchildren to come to church, to have friends at church, that are involved in the youth group at church, that come to VBS at a church, that come to Sunday school church, there's a Christian community because bad company corrupts good character. And if you're hanging around the bad boys, guys, you'll become a bad boy. Girls, if you're dating the bad boys, you'll become a bad girl. I mean, God is telling us how important this is in our life. Your relationships shape who you are. And I want to tell you, when you start going down that road, you think, oh, I won't, I won't get burned. It won't happen to me. It will, it will burn you. And then it impacts your relationship with Jesus. Your walk with the Lord will suffer because of your poor choices of friends. And I think our principle here for us is we need to make sure we are aware of who we spend our time with. It says here in verse 23, He will die because there is no discipline and be lost because of his great stupidity. Spiritually lost because of his stupidity with that. Now flip over here in your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 11. Look what God's Word says here. This is the story of Solomon. Solomon married foreign women 
because he wanted to have good relationships and friendships with other countries. So, for example, if you're the if you're the king of Israel, which he was, and you want to be friends with Egypt, well, how convenient would it be to think, well, I'll marry Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt, his daughter, who's a princess. I'll take her as a wife. Now, that was a good, maybe a good move because only reason it would be good is they're not going to fight each other. But it was a tragic move for the nation of Israel and for Solomon because when you bring in Egypt in your house and your nation, Egypt also brings their foreign gods. And that's what happened. Idols started coming in and false worship were filling all around Israel because of Solomon. He wanted to be seen and have the right relationships. Yesterday, I went and played mini golf at the Lexington Opera House. First time ever in my life, I have played golf on a theater stage. There's a, you know, COVID has really brought out unique things in life, and this was one of them. You can go down there on the weekends and play golf. I'm just curious, has anybody else actually done that other than me? Anyone? Any of our golfers that even do stuff like play? Okay, wow. Sure, I'm the only one. What does that say about me if I'm the only one that feels inspired to play mini golf at a theater? I went down there. I'm not going to repeat that. Anyway, I went down there. And in fact, um, and you, you go down there and the guys teaching golf or showing you how to play, they're, they're not golf pros. They're not working at the golf pro shop. These are people who like run the theater. And they're just trying to keep their business afloat. In fact, they really don't even want to talk about golf. They actually want to talk about when the, um, when the opera house is going to reopen. In fact, the poor guy sitting there who's, the, I guess, the general manager, while we're playing golf, he's sitting in some chair off to the side on his phone going to the government's website. He says he checks it every day to see when they're going to release the restrictions so they can reopen the theater. I mean, that's a, so there's like this sense of longing. Even though we're on a golf course, we really don't want to be here. We want to be watching the play. So I'm sitting there, and when we're done with golf, the guy wants to give us a tour. We wanted a tour, too, because we didn't really go there and play golf. We want to see the, we want to see the opera house. So he gave us a tour of the opera house. Because nobody was really into golf. So um, we go up, up on the, I have a picture up here. Here's our here picture. And he was showing me all the best seats are in the theater. Not that you can sit there, but one day maybe when you in the future, you can sit there. Um, and he took us up to the sides there. And on a theater, you know how they have those side seats? And he was telling me there's a reason for those. He says, that's the king and the queen's seats. Those seats cost $400. They're the most expensive seats in any theater. So when you go to a theater, you'll always see the king and queen seats. And you can usually seat four to uh, six people in there. And the king one's always a little, it costs more. It's a little bit more elevated. So what, I said, what's the purpose of these seats? He says, is this like a good view? He says, no, it's actually a terrible view. This not, he then later showed me where the best seats are you can see in the theater. He says, the only reason people pay that kind of money and want to be at the king's seat overlooking is to be seen. Has no other purpose. You want to be, you want all the common people, as he called them, sitting on the floor to look up 
And there's Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so overlooking everyone else. So like if you're running for office or something, be a great on opening night of a show, you want to be right there so they see you. And the problem with that, you know, I guess if you're a politician, that might, that might be good or you want to make a large donation to a theater. But when that type of thinking creeps into our spiritual life, I want to be seen. I want to be in front of other folks. I want to have types of friendships and relationships so that you see who I am, so you'll vote for me. You're going down a road that Solomon went down. Solomon married foreign wives for other purposes. And if you have friendships and relationships and acquaintances with the purpose of using them or the purpose of getting something from them, so that I only know this person because I want this, you and I, those type of friendships, we will be burned. Do you know Solomon here? Go ahead and turn. I want to read the scripture. First Kings chapter 11. Solomon was one of these guys that he started out really well. It says in 1 Kings 3, 3, you don't need to turn there. And how he began, it says, Solomon loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. What a great way to begin your life. Young man becomes the king and he loves the Lord. Forty years later, just because you started well does not mean you're going to finish well. Solomon did not finish well. And I think the principle of what we're about to read is in our life. We need to make sure that maybe you started well. Maybe a year ago you were spiritually really close to the Lord. You were very active in church and Sunday school. You were reading your Bible and you were just growing. You felt close to Jesus. And here you are a year later and you're struggling in your walk with Jesus. And this is what we get from Solomon. King Solomon loved many foreign women, in addition to Pharaoh's daughter, Mobite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonite, and Hittite women from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them, and they must not intermarry with you, because they will turn your heart away to follow their gods. When the Bible talks about intermarrying here, they're not talking about race. You know, 50, 60 years ago, churches literally would fight over whether or not a pastor, or you could have a black person marry a white person in church. And they would, in many ways, would quote Bible verses such as this to say, you know, races need to marry their own race. But what Solomon's, what God's actually saying here, the intermarriage isn't about what color their skin is. What the Lord's talking about is he, res he restricted the Israelites from taking wives from the other nations, not because of their skin color, but because they worshipped idols, because they did not love the Lord. They did not worship Yahweh God in the Old Testament and the New Testament too. They didn't worship the Lord. They worshipped foreign gods that were not gods at all. And that's why it's so important for us. Parents, you should even be praying 
for your children and your grandchildren's spouse. Who they marry matters. You should be always preparing your children, your grandchildren, for when they walk down the aisle, does that young man know the Lord? Does that woman, has she been born again? Do they have a relationship with Jesus? Are they active in church? Listen, evangelism, dating doesn't work. You don't, you don't date someone for the purpose of seeing them saved. Christians are to marry and date other Christians. And there's no point in dating people you have no intentions of marrying, marrying at all. I mean, that's just literally just wasting time. A lot of folks do that hoping they're going to get saved. You meet someone and they're not active in church and they don't know Jesus, that is a red flag right there. And what he did, he went and took these women that did not worship the Lord and he made them his wives. And that was his fall. Keep going here. He intermarried. And it says it turned his heart away. If you want to turn your heart away, and many of you say, well, Daniel, I'm married. I'm married to a Christian spouse. Do you know how we turn our heart away today? It's maybe through nonstop television, playing on the phone all the time, watching every movie that comes out. And what happens is the media, culture, activities that you do has consumed so much of you you don't have time for God. He has been replaced by the love and passions of our world. And your friends you talk to maybe, your co-workers, they're not talking about Jesus. They're not sharing what the Lord's doing in their life. This is why it's so important that we are fully aware of who influences us. What is coming in my eyes and my ears? Because that, that is what type of man, what type of person we will become. Verse, verse 3. It goes on to say, To these women, latter part of verse 2, To these women, Solomon was deeply attached in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 who were concubines. And they turned his heart away. Turned away. They've turned away from the Lord. When Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. David was known, even though David sinned. David had inappropriate sexual relationships with Bathsheba. But it says David repented of that. And it says he was a man after the Lord's own heart. His heart longed for God. Solomon's heart did not long for God. His heart was turned away from God. He had these other desires. He had a desire of wealth. A desire of having marrying princesses of other nations. It would help his status symbol. He wanted to be that guy and he had the money to pay $400 for that seat at the opera house so he could be seen. Didn't even care about the show. Didn't even want to watch the show. He's the guy that goes and pays that kind of money and plays on his phone up there the whole time. But you see him. You see him playing on his phone. 
Solomon followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonites, in Milcon, the abhorrent idol of the Monites. Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. And unlike his father David, he did not remain loyal to the Lord. He didn't do it. Do you know three different times the Bible here tells us Solomon turned away from the Lord. Solomon was not loyal to the Lord. What God is trying to teach you and I is that if we aren't careful, just because you maybe at some point in your life gave your life to Christ as a young man, young woman, you you went through the waters of baptism, you were on fire years ago, does not mean because of what you started well, does not mean you will finish well. And we need to constantly be evaluating my life, your life, and say, God, is there anyone in my life, any person, anything, any influence in my life that's turning my heart away from the Lord? And if there is, I need to cut it off. I want to be truthful. I bet all of us could examine our hearts and say, Am I listening to stuff on the radio? Am I watching stuff on TV that is not benefiting me? And if you are, you need to end it. That will change tremendously your walk and your relationship with the Lord. You shape your future. I want to say that again. I don't want y'all to miss this. You shape your future. Now, how you do that, the devil wants to shape your future by leading you astray, but God wants to shape your future by leading you to his son Jesus. So you're constantly, daily, going to have these competing voices, decisions, influences on your life. How am I going to live today? Is it going to be a day that I live for the Lord, that I put him first. Do you know, we can look at people and think, how did they come to that decision? Why did they do that? I can't believe he or she fell for that. What does he see in her? And it's easy for us as an outsider to look at other people and go, you're going down a road that's going to lead to destruction. It's just poor choices. It's foolishness, the Bible says. Proverbs 20 verse, or Proverbs 5 verse 26 calls it stupidity. And do you know how they ended up that way? You can look at their inner circle who they're taking content from, who they're listening to, that is how they got there. I can't stress this enough. If you want to rebuild your relationship with the Lord, you need to stop and examine who is giving me intake. Because that's the type of person. Jesus says... What defiles a man 
is not what comes inside of a person, but what comes outside of a person. But do you know how you get to the point of what comes outside of a person? It's consuming content, material, friendships, relationships that are polluting you on the inside. And because eventually you will find yourself as a rotten person. Solomon. His fall was tragic. 1 Kings 3.3 Solomon loved the Lord. When he became king, he loved the Lord. When Solomon died, seven verses, seven chapters later, Solomon did not remain loyal to the Lord. And I'm asking you this morning, are you loyal to the Lord? And what did it for Solomon was his wives. The women and the relationships and his marriages for social status that he desired so much hindered his relationship with God. This morning, I want to ask you, what who do you need to cut it off? You know, this, this whole COVID season, in many ways, is allowing you the opportunity to rebuild maybe some of your friendships. Maybe there were people in the past that you were very negative, that pulled you away, that used foul language, that just brought you down a rotten road. And you knew when you walked away from their presence that it wasn't helping you at all. And you don't need to go back to them. You need to pray for them to get saved, to pray for them to turn to the Lord. But they don't need to be in your inner circle. God wants to know your past. It says the Lord looks at every single desire of a man's heart and his past. So he knows the people who's influencing us, whether or not it's going to help or to hurt us. This morning... I'm inviting you to be influenced by the Lord. Let God, His Word, the Bible, guide you. The best relationship you'll ever have is a relationship with God's Son, Jesus. And you can pray. I'm going to give us the opportunity this morning to pray and begin a relationship with the Lord. So let's bow our heads. I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer. This prayer, billions of people throughout Christianity... 2,000 plus years, have prayed and received Jesus as their Savior. It's confessing your sin and making Him the Lord of your life. That's what it means to begin a relationship with the Lord. The best relationship starts with a relationship with God's Son. You pray yourself. God knows your heart. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Lord, I want a relationship with with you. I humbly come to you, confessing my sin, turning from my sin, and turning to you. God, from this day on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you prayed and received Jesus, if you begin.